welcome to this week's Leavening. So the spoilers this week are pretty much the whole movie Encanto. If you haven't seen Encanto, this discussion will make absolutely no sense to you and it'll probably bore you to tears. But if you have seen it, know that we are going to talk about many things. We're going to talk about grace. We're going to talk about ecclesiology. We're going to talk a lot about Arepas and we're definitely going to talk about Bruno. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Leavening. And guess what, kids? The band's back together. <laughs> All Lon- back in one space. Lonnie and Betsy are back. And just want to give a thanks to my little sister, Michelle, for filling in so well. Michelle, thank you. And I love you. Big thanks. Yes, we love you all, Michelle. <laughs> so today, we're just going to talk about Encanto. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot to talk about. So I'm just going to open it up by asking, so... What themes or theological topics do you see in this movie? So many. <laughs> so filled with it all the things. So filled, just like every Disney movie. But uh-huh. this one has so many. The The main one being the use of your gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's that's the easy one to pick. The low-hanging fruit from the beginning is, mm-hmm. is the use of our gifts. And um, gifts... How, how do we use our gifts and um, where does grace come into play? And um... yeah, I actually was rewatching knowing we were doing this. Uh, the sing along version of Encanto is on Disney plus now. So if you needed to karaoke your way through that movie and realize that you'd been singing incorrect lyrics for like lyrics, a right. year, yes. um, you can now do that. But watching it, now, several months after my initial watches, and realizing how big grace really is a theme yeah. in ways that I think I had seen before, but now like you're watching it through an adult lens, particularly. I think that's why adults are identifying with this movie so much, because it's about burnout, right? Yeah. And what does it look like when you're using your giftedness, but your gifts are your only identity? And they're being exploited, and that's all—that's mm-hmm. all you feel like you're worth. Yeah. Um, and and having—you know—Abuela says, you know, we have to work twice as hard now. Mm-hmm. Right. Your, your gift isn't enough. You—you you have to work twice as hard. With well, it. and realizing, like in the family madrigal, when they're introducing everybody, that her moment, where like the whole song slows down, uh, is. We have to you. We use these gifts to prove that we're deserving of them. It's yep. the works. It's it's the works, and it's idea, totally right? a works totally idea. Yeah. And like, like the arc of the whole thing is, it's not about works. It's about grace. And so when our gifts are freely given and freely used, they can manifest into so much more than what we thought they were supposed yeah. to be. Um, but just that whole concept of, I think that's why adults are identifying with it so much because we we all get that burnout aspect yeah. and feeling like oh my gosh, I've given so much and they just keep wanting more of me. And yet, hopefully, many of us can also identify with the with the option of being in a place where we get to serve yeah. and grow and where my gifts are appreciated, but I am appreciated. And because I am appreciated, my gifts are also appreciated. And so using my gifts becomes joyous to me. Yeah. Like, this is how I can help and this is how I can serve. And maybe I can do other things on top of that. And that's also awesome. Well, and we've been talking a lot about using our gifts in youth and in confirmation lately. Um, and God gives us gifts 
so that so that God God can be seen through us, right? right. Like our gift isn't isn't some burden. It isn't some mm-hmm. sense of duty or works or whatever else. It's so that God can be seen through us, so that God can work through us and in us and among us and those kinds of things. And if we do, if we use it as this thing that has to be done or we, we push it to the point of breaking or burnout, right. we're not allowing God to be seen right. or used in a way that, is worthy. You can't I, earn a miracle, no, right? Like right? that's the thing. Like you yeah. can't deserve or earn it. But she thought she could. Or but she thought she could. Mm-hmm. Time for the seminary word of the day. <laughs> dun dun dun. Ecclesiology. Ooh. So the study of church, like mm-hmm. church structure, and that family was all kinds of. I think it was reflective of how many churches are structured, and the fact that you had like these leaders that mm-hmm. did everything, and just thought their idea, their whole purpose was to serve the body but didn't bother asking the body to do anything in return Mm -hmm. until the very end and that's that structure doesn't work no yeah it's not sustainable it's not sustainable at all Mm -mm. no well and watching the the three siblings the bruno julieta and the triplets peppa's Mm -hmm. peppa's family dynamics um bruno's off on his own um because, you know, we don't talk about Bruno. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's its whole, like, we could do a whole study on Disney stuff and what happens when you ignore single people and let them become depressed in their own <laughs> in their own ways. I feel like that's all of the Disney Plus things that have started, like, the entire pandemic. There was been one about. thing that happened months ago that really pointed that out to you. I forgot what it was. It was, like, the end. Every Marvel yeah. Yeah. television right. show is about like, hey, check on your single friends. Oh, it's WandaVision. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. but also Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, check on your single friends. Yeah. We are not okay. Yeah. Um, so so Bruno is there, but Peppa and Julieta marry very different people and have very different family dynamics. And in Peppa's family, much like Abuela, everyone is managing her mood and making sure yeah. that the everything like it doesn't matter what happens nobody upset mom yeah don't right. don't step on it yeah. and so so her husband's entire aesthetic is just keeping her happy and making sure her life is as easy as possible uh-huh. um and helping her manage her mood whereas with julietta her husband is a train wreck and a half in like super endearing ways and so they have a family dynamic where you just own who you are. And somehow that is passed down to Maribel and yeah. not to the older two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why we see their breaking point before we see the breaking point of, of the other cousins. Right. Because they're not, like nothing, nothing in their family is about them. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, Louisa and Isabella are. But it's also interesting that like, the strong one and then the one that's supposed to be perfect are the ones that, see the diminishing of their powers first right yeah Yeah. well and feel feel the pressure of it Uh feel the the weight of it all being able to change who you are Mm -hmm. isn't quite there's not a lot of pressure there right well and feeling like that's your whole identity like i'm not worth anything if i'm not this thing Mm -hmm. Or through my gift right Right. yeah Yeah. Yeah. like you said that before like there's value in who we are right Regardless of what our gifts are. Right. There's value like, because we are. That yeah. moment where Isabella learns that she doesn't have to be perfect. She just has to be. Mm-hmm. Um, which is my favorite song in the whole thing. But 
Um, I know surface surface pressure is a big deal, but there's that moment of it doesn't like my gift isn't about being perfect. My gift is about creating flowers mm-hmm. and I've made it. I have to be perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what if I don't, what if it just gets to be creative and free mm-hmm. and kind of chaotic and, and Lu- beautiful. And Louisa's gift was to be strong, but not to do everything. Right. And what if strength isn't just about physical strength? Uh-huh. What if we get to be other kinds of strong and I get to f- be like the smart one or the emotionally stable one, or I get to cry and be the person who realizes that there's strength and weakness. Right. There's magic in the ordinary, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like, that's the whole thing. Our gift is just, just making flowers, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's our gift. It isn't something bigger than that. There's right. magic in the ordinary. I mean, I think that's like, that's the idea of seeing miracles, right? It's seeing them through the eyes of faith. There are miracles all the time, all around us, always happening. But it just takes us using those eyes of faith in order to see that happening, not not overlooking it. Well, and I not think that's making it more than. Yeah. I think that's where Maribel gets to, right? That she can see the miracle in all the things that everybody else gets to do. Yeah. And her evolution to finally seeing like, oh, I didn't get a a you know, magic power gift, but I'm still a part of the miracle. Right. Is mm-hmm. is pretty impressive. Right? Like, I mean, she even has green glasses. Mm-hmm. And her name. Come on. Right. Mm-hmm. Mira, meaning to see. Meaning mm-hmm. to see. Come on. Disney <laughs> does it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's almost like the whole thing was intricately woven. <laughs> and we didn't even get into like the whole family trauma business. I think we're about <laughs> We got to talk about generational trauma. Ooh. Yes, yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's the whole foundation, right? Mm-hmm. In the pressure right? to uphold family expectations, right? And just how traumatic things can just ruin, not just an individual, but a whole, but generations of people. Yeah. Yep. I was thinking today, just watching the news and just hearing the horrors that happen happening in Ukraine. And I'm, there's horrors that we don't, we don't even think about the horrors on both sides because like, the Russian soldiers are doing awful heinous things that are going to stay with them and are going to affect the future generations of russian people that are you know yes, related to them. I absolutely they that country is going to be messed up for generations and that to even mention what's happening in ukraine where that country is going to be suffering for generations just like things we do now things that happen to us now aren't just to us they're to people that aren't even born yet yeah the ripple effect mm-hmm. yeah i think what uh, well, we've been talking for the entire year, um, working through Genesis in youth Sunday school. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and that whole that whole family line, one of the things that <laughs> the students said just a couple of weeks ago was like, oh my gosh, this story is just generational trauma over and over again, mm-hmm. because they all repeat the mistakes that their fathers made. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you just watch these these characters, for lack of a better term, these figures over and over repeat the same horrible things. And it's because, I think also in Encanto, because we don't share our failings with future generations, right? Mm-hmm. We, only good sh- stuff. we only share our failings when we've been able to see how God used it or how something really good came out of it or how like I came out the hero in this horrible story. Right. 
but we don't keep all of the, we don't share all of the stuff that caused us pain yeah. mm-hmm. or that helped made us struggle or the times that we were inadequate or presentation is everything super messed up. Right? And that's where, you know, when we look at the, the dichotomy between Mirabel who becomes the keeper of the, of the flame and the keeper of the miracle and Abuela who starts out being the keeper of the miracle. Like with Abuela, it's very closed. Um, Cause she's afraid she's, because she's afraid because she's operating out of fear. Uh-huh. Cause she's um, seen how awful. Things oh yeah. Be. It's she's, ex- afraid she's lived it. Not just seen yeah. it. Right? Yeah. She's, she's ex- truly lived it. She's experienced trauma and wants to keep all of them yes. from, from that. Right. Yeah. It and comes s- from a good place. Right. And yeah. so this very safe bubble is where everybody has to stay because that's where I know you're safe. Even mm-hmm. Bruno, right? right? I mean, he's on the edge of the mm-hmm. inside. He doesn't ever leave the bubble. He he's literally doesn't ever leave the bubble of the whole casita, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like he doesn't leave, but so he's not outside of it, but no. just as close as you can be to being outside of it. Yeah. And so when it pops, it breaks. Yeah, yeah. everything like it literally crumbles. The casita yep. literally crumbles because that's not sustainable. But the story in that is, right, like, in order to be fixed, it has to be broken. Right. Right? I mean, in, or- in order to move forward, in order to step out of that, it has right. to be broken. Well, and the reminder that the miracle didn't happen because she was deemed worthy yeah. or these three infants were deemed superior in any way. That's right. Uh, the-, the miracle was about protection and gifts and mm-hmm. grace coming from something tragic from the broken yeah yeah mm-hmm. building out of it like we're going to give you a new life in the midst of of all the immeasurable broken. pain yeah i mean god sends jesus down mm-hmm. to the broken to be broken mm-hmm. literally to be broken. for us yeah i think maybe what abuela didn't see is like she saw the trauma she saw the horrors but maybe she forgot that it was during that darkest period that the light came the, mm-hmm. mir- the miraculous light came during the darkest time so if you could share that with your kids and grandkids that, you know, I cannot always protect you. Right. There's going to be heartache. There's going to be devastation in your life. But just know that when you think it's as dark as it possibly can be, light can come. Find the mm-hmm. light. That's right. That's right. And there's that, that line about stars don't shine, they burn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and figuring out. Ah, Lin-Manuel. Ah, Lin-Manuel. Um, the the lyrics of of the pandemic for all of us um that figuring out how you can burn without being used up yep yeah which goes back to that taking on too much peace right mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. it's all this whole interwoven so, piece yeah follow that the generational trauma there's also shame we also see shame so much mm-hmm. shame yeah you know i mean even in in bruno who is using his gift as it should be used, right? To tell the foreshadowing piece, right. the, this is going to happen. The shame that comes with that then turns his gift into something horrible and, mm-hmm. and used against him. Well, yeah, because none of the, I mean, even in even in his song, none of the things that he predicts, especially with the townspeople, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we, we predict a goldfish is going to die 
and that this random old dude who eats all the things is going to get fat. Yes. Um, and that this guy's gonna lose his hair. Yeah. A male in middle age is going to have male pattern baldness. Like these are not astronomical no, predictions. No. I feel like we could walk through the church and make similar predictions and be just as accurate as yes. Bruno was mm-hmm. because of course those things are going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but rather than owning, of course those things are going to happen. Bruno becomes the scapegoat, right? Yes. Like, Oh, you made all of this. Ha- I would have been totally fine eating you know, a repas for the rest of my life. If you hadn't have said, they I was going to get a lot back. of arepas in that movie. Like they did a lot. a lot of arepas. <laughs> was Bruno destined to be the scapegoat? Because like, what's up with his room? Like, was it always like that? Like, was it always that many steps? Or was it always with his like abode so far away from everything else? Always, I, you know, like with the. Well, I mean, all of, all of their rooms are huge, right? right. His room has kind of a fortune telling vibe, yeah. right. right? Like he's the the all-seeing whatever right so yeah i don't know and and he apparently needs space to be able to Mm -hmm. use his gift which i don't begin to understand but also i am not a disney writer so i don't have to understand i'm sure there's something there. i'm sure there was something there and probably if i went back and watched it like in you know 747th time i would be like oh that's why they needed all the space but I don't know. Maybe he needs space for speaking the uncomfortable truth. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, you know, it makes sense for everybody else's rooms. Make Well, really, who do we see? Whose rooms do we see? We just see Isabella's. Isabella's. And what's the tiny one's name? I can't remember his name. Bonito. <laughs> um, like, those are the only two rooms we see, mm-hmm. right? So it makes sense that their rooms are huge because they're nature-driven. Right. So maybe nobody else's is. Maybe... Louisa's room, like all we see of her room is the treadmill. Right. So <laughs> maybe it's just like a normal size room that looks like a gym. Um. So um, just really quick, I think that there's a tendency for some to see in contents like, oh, that's good that, you know, Dizzy's making a movie that's focused on Latinos and Latinas, and that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think we need to be careful, though, when we think that Latin America is this closed, small thing. Like, Colombia does not equal Honduras. Right. Does not it's not a monolith. the Dominican Republic. And I, I think people view different ethnicities kind of as big groups. Like, oh, yeah, you have Asians, you have Latin Americans, but they're all huge areas of the world. Right. That, Very uh, diverse. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'd never had another repa until I was in my 30s. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's just not a Mexican-American it's thing. It's not a Mexican-American right. thing. Yeah. But anyway, so good for them. But now they have a bunch of other countries they have to hit now. Yes. Well, and I think that was one of the things that came out when, you know, the movie came out is Colombians recognized that they it was Colombia. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it is very much Colombian culture. But there's... Other things that have and, and Le Manuel knew what he was doing. He, he knew it he was w- it was very intentional. He was going to make it Colombian. He wasn't going to make it Puerto Rican. Right. Um, but for those of us who maybe wallow in our white privilege more than we admit to, it was very easy to see it as a monolith, right? Mm-hmm. And be like, oh, I know what an arepa is, yeah. um, or or whatever. Oh, they're speaking Spanish. How how quaint, <laughs> right? Right. Casita, yay. Yeah. <laughs> um. And not 
be able to identify the individual pieces of it. And that's, there's just something really beautiful about being able to look at it and see that it is just, it's a Colombian story that we miss if we look at it as the monolith. Yeah. Just, if nothing else, the diversity of Latina people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's big. It is. Anything else on this movie? Beware of your own generational trauma. Is that mm, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, what do we need to unpack in ourselves? Not that, that we're all going to have this confessional moment here. This is not a therapy podcast. But, um, but what do we need to unpack in ourselves so that our future generations have the ability to thrive and succeed without having to unpack our pain. Well, and mm-hmm. and not just in our own families, but in our Christian communities, right? Yeah. Like it's the story of Christian community, like, you know, the candle burning. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's the, so, so what do we need to be aware of generationally within our own churches that we're passing down yeah. and that we're, you know, and how do we unspoken. help? And how do we help our people? Like we are in a church right now where we have a lot of people who are dealing with church trauma mm-hmm. from, hopefully from previous ex- like from previous experiences um hopefully not from our congregation right. i hope they're not contributing to that but where that's the goal um and so how do we help them unpack that in a way that is healthy and constructive and helps them be a fuller version of who god intended them to be yes. as opposed to letting it break them yeah. and shutting them down and allowing them to use their gifts or see their gifts in a different way than maybe they've Right. You know, been allowed to use them before. Right. Because like Bruno's solution is I'm just not going to use my gift anymore. Oh, that created a lot of pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah. going to, you know, host a rat soap opera because <laughs> like a, the rat telenovela is a safer place to be, even though it means I don't live in community and don't have a life. And Or then the pain of not, not thinking you have a gift. Right. Right. I mean, we have people within our congregation that don't think they that have tell a us gift. all the time. Oh, I'm, I don't know that yeah. I can do that. Yeah. So helping them, hel- helping them through that. This brings out a lot of that. Yeah. I remember when this movie first came out, we had teenagers who were so mad that Mirabelle doesn't get a gift at the end. Yeah. Mm. And so we had to talk through like, okay, but, she does kind of because her gift is helping everybody else be better at their gifts. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a transformation live fully, process. Right. right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's the piece. That's like, huge. She's, she's now the keeper of the house and the keeper of the candle yeah. and, and the keeper of the miracle. And she healed her family. She right. did. I mean, that, that's, that's huge that's, pieces of right? that. Right. What a gift in itself. Just that. But being able to look for those blessings that weren't, overt miracles given from a magic candle mm-hmm. okay that's <laughs> in canto we might revisit it at some point because you know comes back again and again things come back they do but that was fun it was fun thanks y'all see you next time we hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Leavening. And please know the conversation continues and you can be part of the conversation. If you have any comments or questions, you can reach us on our Facebook page, our Twitter page. You can call us or text us with our phone number 682-556-5801. Join us. We'd love to hear from you.